for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Great big good morning, Arizona. Hour two of Rosie on the House. Welcome to our house. We're all here for you. We are Arizona homeowners' favorite resource for any information having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. From the foundation bottoms to the very tops of the rooftops and the fireplace caps and anything in between. If you've got a project, a repair, a maintenance item, or a question about home improvement or home remodeling, we are Arizona's favorite place to go. We show up every Saturday morning, so you're given an opportunity to call us free, 1-888-767-4348, and talk to us and ask us about what you're trying to get done around the house. And we will put our 45-plus years of residential building and remodeling right here in Arizona to work for you. We'll give you tips and tricks to get the job done. We'll give you tool recommendations and product recommendations. And if you're halfway through a project, you've started yourself, and your spouse is insisting you get it finished now, (laughs) finish it, we can give you local area service providers (laughs) that you can hire. Our referral directory on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, just happens to be the number one trusted contractor and service provider referral webpage in the state. We're very humbled to have been the first referral network to have ever started almost 30 years ago. So come on in and join the conversation at one 767 4348 One of the things we do in our mission to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend is uh, we have this website that's like an encyclopedia for Arizona homeowners. And we also have a newsletter that we send out uh, to about 20,000 people every week. Uh, you can get it by requesting it. We will not spam you on that. No one gets it that hasn't asked for it. You can ask for it by going to rosieonthehouse.com. That weekly newsletter comes to you every Thursday, and it kind of fills you in on what we're going to talk about that next Saturday on the show. So it may prompt you to say, oh, that's something I'm very interested in, or Today's broadcast on how to be a good neighbor, you might could even drop a hint to your neighbor. Hey, you should listen to Rosie on the House this week. (laughs) And we will do a neighborhood um, niceness education. (laughs) How to be neighborly polite to everyone on your street. That's kind of what we're covering in the month of January here. And we talked today about, you know, what contractors and service providers can do to improve your popularity in the neighborhood. You know, at what point do you reach out for help 
to kind of assess your current neighborhood popularity rating. How do you think we rate? Oh, uh, well, my neighbors say we're good neighbors. I think we're all right. You know, when we first moved into the, our home, it's an older neighborhood, and the rules and regulations weren't, you know, it's kind of like the Wild West when we moved in. The street out front was very small and not a lot of people. We were kind of the north end of Scottsdale at that time, and we didn't know what the rules were. So I remember um, there was a big easement, uh, horseback riding easement, behind our home. And I kept thinking, man, why didn't the city come take care of those weeds back there? When are they going to come? Well, pretty soon. <laughs> we got to knock at the door. Hey, that's your job. This, you know, the easement behind your home. Oh, I didn't know that. So sometimes, you know, give your neighbors the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't know. And, uh, you know, make sure you know what your we, rules are in your neighborhood. We, we deliberately moved into a neighborhood that did not have any HOA. So we were kind of on our own. So the city helped educate us. And we're going to talk a little bit later in this hour about what do you do with an uncooperative neighbor? How do you deal with a neighbor that isn't complying with neighborhood rules and acceptable protocol? We'll be covering that in the next half hour. But right now we wanted to talk about just things you might think about to provide yourself with a better uh, approach to your neighbors. And one of the things we talk about in the outdoor living hour regularly is there's one particular plant in Arizona that uh, probably creates more anxiety between neighbors than any other plant. And it's only when you decide to try and get rid of it or kill it that it creates a problem. And we're talking about the sisu tree. And the sisu tree is a nice landscape, fast-growing tree. But at the point you decide to eliminate it from your yard by cutting it down, the root system is still very vigorous. And it's a huge root system that's probably grown into, has a very good chance of having grown into your neighbor's yard. And with the trunk cut and removed, the roots go into emergency survival mode and they start sprouting surface sprouts every place by the thousands and that sisu tree you need to know if you're ever going to try and eliminate it to be a good neighbor is going to involve a bit of work for you at your neighbor's property i would even notify my neighbor if i were getting rid of a sisu tree and saying look you may see a thousand sprouts of this tree pop up. Just let me know. We've got a way to deal with it. So the sisu tree in our outdoor living hour is probably the one plant that has created the most homeowner anxiety. And in fact, there is something in Arizona called tree law that we all have to abide by. We do have a call from Kim. Let's see if we can take Kim. The number, the lines are open. One triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. Good morning, Kim. What are you trying to deal with? Hi, good morning. Um, yes. Well, I live in Casa Grande, and we have a Santa Fe-style home. And um, we have decorative, I don't even know what you call them, posts or pilings that come out, you know, from the roof. And they look really nice, but one of them has split, and it looks like it's about to break off. 
and I don't even know who I should call to come out and try to fix that one and maybe look at the others and see how we might be able to treat them so that they don't start splitting off as well. Kim in Casa Grande, territorial home, those wood posts, uh, horizontal posts, or what we call wood vigas, okay? And they are especially susceptible to rot. How old is your home? It was built in 2007. Okay. Uh, there are several options you have for that. Um one of the options is going to be Saw Design down in Pima County, who does travel the state and has, has a very interesting approach to solving it. Yeah, they, they take fiberglass molds, and it looks exactly like real wood, and they slip it over the top, and it's a much more durable uh, product to the sun than just straight wood. And it would be the most long-term maintenance-free solution um their number is 2480662 saw design and you can go to their website look at a few examples i mean you you really can't tell it's not wood and it's maintenance it 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 i can't imagine doing anything else it it (laughs) creates a maintenance-free environment for those vegas, it stops the wood penetration, stops the ultraviolet onto the wood, and encases the wood. That's probably the most permanent solution. Now, Kim, I can tell you, if you want to save the authentic wood look, what we do is we go in with a uh, diamond blade uh, saw, and we cut a hole in the stucco about a foot outside the edge of the vega. And then we put a copper flashing on the top of the Vega. If the wood has to be reconstructed, there's a product called Abitron that's very easy to use but can be hard to find. You can order it off the Internet. Abitron Wood Restoration comes in three parts. There's a liquid that's a very, very thin viscosity that you pour over the rotten wood. It actually turns that wood into rock hardwood. And then you have a two-part epoxy that you then pile into all the holes of the rotten Vega. Once that's done, you faux paint it to make it look like a Vega again, install the copper flashing, stucco repair, and that's about five times as much work as just calling saw design and allowing him to just slip a fiberglass mold right over the top of it. There's three great ideas on how you might want to get that done. Calling from beautiful Casa Grande, Arizona, Pinal County. one 4348 That's one for you If you'd like to join the conversation, text questions can be sent to 411-923, or you can email us if you'd like to send a picture uh, to info at rosyonthehouse.com. A little follow-up from our previous hour when we were talking roses. If you're looking for, you know, a way to increase your neighborhood, you know, maybe 
uh, a hedgerow of thorny bushes to keep animals separated or or, or neighbors from not coming over, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> but a pretty way to do it. You can go to the events tab at Rosie on the House, and we've got the Mesa East Valley Rose Society auction posted there. It's a live auction that takes you to a third-party auction website uh, that goes on until the uh, f- February 11th. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways you can use it. And when you're working with your front yard for that, you know, increase the whole neighborhood awareness, you know, dimensional landscaping really is my favorite. You know, instead of flat grass, few trees, you know, gabion walls. I love gabion walls, and there's so many different things you can do with them. A lot of times you just see one rock. You know, it's the type of wall where there's a wire frame, whether it's, you know, steel or galvanized or rebar, and there's uh, one variety of rock. I like the ones where they have different varieties, and you can one or multiple and so it can look kind of like a rammed earth wall when you're done with it they're probably one of the easier do-it-yourself type jobs if you're strong (laughs) (laughs) If, if you don't mind the amount of labor but it'll be an expensive type of install wall because of the amount of labor so once you have your base set you can uh, you know, work with your design and your style, and it's not anything that you have to get done overnight. And you know, you look around, and there's all kinds of um, different. You know, you can put planters in them. They use them alongside freeway walls sometimes, so they can lighting. be very massive. Uh, different lighting. Oh boy, you you can light them up, and they make that. They're just such a with that rough surface of the of the welded wire and the stone the lighting on that can create such magic shadows in the in the dusk hours of the evening when most people are out there walking and on that layered front yard look you'll know if you're getting close when the people walking your your neighborhood stop and look <laughs> it's not just one more yard they're walking by it's a real eye catcher and, you know, creating a space out front where you can visit and sit and Amen. have people that are walking by come and join you. And you were talking lighting, you know, your night lighting as well, just for safety of the uh, neighborhood. Lighting is can, can be a big part of it, but you don't need, uh, you know, a light, a glare bomb. Glare bombs are bad. You want area lighting where you cannot see the lighting source. It's a it's a real trick. But I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the most underused lighting dimensions that I like, they call it moonscaping. And it's actually small bulbs in the tree, high in the tree, shining down through the limbs. So as you're walking, you're actually walking through the shadows of the limb structure of the tree. That's one of my all-time favorite landscape lighting schemes that you don't see very often. We tried it at the house. And maybe one of the reasons you don't see it very often is such high maintenance. Wind comes, the lamp blows out, a, a, a limb blows the bulb out. Uh, you're constantly trying to acclimate it, accommodate it, trim around it. And we actually had a tree trimmer cut ours. <laughs> I guess, too, the, the tree can, as it grows, it gets too high to maintain, kind of like, you know, fruit in the top of a big tree. It's hard to get to. 
We have inspired some people this month, though, to start thinking more about their neighborhoods. We had a nice email from Matt who said that um, during COVID, they had decided to meet neighbors outside. And they started last year and had 15 people, and as things have gotten better, they're up to 30 and some new events. And But his goal is to put a new porch on the front of the house so that they will have a, a designated place to gather. That's kind of a signal, hey, we're out, we're home, you know, if you're sitting out on your porch. Absolutely. I was talking to Phoenix PD today, and they, and they were saying just how much safer neighborhoods are when people use their front yards. Hmm. Let's go to the phones. We've got another caller. We do have lines open, one 767 Let's see if we can call, uh, help Nancy from Sun City. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. <laughs> well, I have a question. Uh, we had a plumber out here. We live in Sun City. Okay. And uh, he put a camera under the house because I, this was the third stoppage I've had. Okay. So uh, he told me there's a lot of roots, and the cast iron piping under our house is bad. It's shot. He said we need to replace that. Okay. Uh, he gave me an estimate, and he told me that he'd have to put a hole in front of one of our toilets, one at the kitchen sink, and one at the laundry room sink. He didn't go into detail. I don't know if he's putting in a whole new pipe or if he's using that where you pour it in right. and it hardens and goes into a pipe. And I wanted to ask you, what is the best way to fix that? And if his estimate is close to what you think it would take. How many bathrooms do you have in your home? Two bathrooms. And he said by going to the one toilet, since the other toilet is on the wall up behind it, that you just have to do the hole there. So he said, I was lucky. I only need three holes. And I would guess, and, and but you don't know if he's replacing, well, he, if he's just doing that, he must be lining the pipe and not replacing it. Because if he were replacing it, he'd actually be saw cutting through the middle of the house, creating trenches. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that I would guess that estimate would be something in about the $6,500 range. Uh, and I'll come back. After this break, Nancy, you can hold or just continue to listen. I'll come back with what my opinion is of that whining system. You have to be very, very careful. Stay tuned. I'll cover that right after the bottom of the hour break. Arizona, Sanderson Ford country. Man, I've got my next car picked out, baby. I've had a standing request at Sanderson Ford. Hey, when you guys get a Mach-E in uh, that I could have the opportunity just to take around the block, I'd like to to, uh, be given notification. So sure enough, they said, Rosie, Mach-E just delivered. Person that ordered it. Uh, opted not to take delivery of it. It is, we've got a sold sign on it just until you can get here to test drive it. <laughs> oh, baby. That is my next car. That is my next daily driver. Absolutely. And while I was there, I test drove it, took it around the block, and fell in love with the machine and uh, got a few tips 
on uh, how to order one. And the guy I've been doing business with there, Jason, for about 15 years, said, Rosie, that last guy you referred to us uh, brought that uh, old truck in to trade in. That guy was like a uh, steel ball in a pinball machine. He said, well, what about the F-150? What about the Raptor? Well, what about the Bronco? Well, what about the Maverick? Well, what what about the Mach-E? And he bounced uh, between every single car we have here on the lot. We have no idea which one he's going to buy. But he test drove every single award-winning Ford vehicle parked on the lot. And you know what? In looking for a new car, you can hardly find a manufacturer that's got more headline-grabbing, award-winning vehicles than Ford. And why shop anywhere other than America's most award-winning Ford dealership in the entire country that's located right here in Arizona, in the Valley of the Sun, in Glendale, at 51st Avenue, just south of Glendale. 51st Avenue in Maryland is where you'll find Sanderson Ford. I can't tell you, literally, the hundreds of people I've referred there. And it never fails that they don't call me and say, Rosie, I, I, I cannot see myself ever buying a car anywhere else. If you want that kind of experience, buying the most award-winning line of American vehicles, get over to Sanderson Ford. They're open. Monday through Saturday, all year long. Get over there and put my testimony to the test and see if you don't agree 100%. Sanderson Ford. And as we went to the break, we were talking with Nancy from Sun City who has galvanized plumbing, or cast iron plumbing, excuse me, that needs to be replaced. And uh, Rosie was going to talk a little bit about the liner, but I... I would doubt they're going to try and line an old cast iron pipe no, they in do. Sun City that's 40 years old and has roots. It all depends on the camera test. And that was one of the things I wanted to talk to Nancy about. This process of epoxy lining old pipes actually started in California when they were trying to reline water lines uh, that were in under under the city Uh, that were deteriorating what they do is they run a camera and they try and assess the condition of the pipe can it be saved is it salvageable if it is they blast it clean as best they can and then they put a balloon in there from one end to the other they inflate the balloon and it becomes an epoxy mold to the inside of your existing pipe And if the pipe isn't cracked or crushed, it can probably be salvaged. It's amazing the camera footage I've seen of what you would guess could never be saved ends up being saved. Now, the the warning I want to give you is that there are several services in town that provide it. Okay? Be very careful. And I can tell you that we cover this topic enough 
that we get enough feedback in our office, I can tell you who in town does it and is getting the most favorable reviews. It's actually a company in Gilbert or Chandler, and it's called Easy Flow Plumbing. They're on exactly the opposite side of town that you are, but they service the entire valley. And before I proceeded with this, I would get them because that's just pretty much what they do. They specialize in it. And I'd get a quote from them before I do anything. You have a quote right now. I'd get a quote from Easy Flow, uh, and I'd go from there. Their number is 480-351-1820. So what are the, what are the options then if that's not if they're not a candidate? Like Romy said, they have tree roots or the thing has collapsed. Then they have to not a good option. Um, but then they have to replace you, it. You right? have to literally go into your house, take all the plumbing fixtures off the floor, saw cut channels wherever the sewer pipe is, excavate it, get the old pipe out of there, put the new pipe in. And it's what we used to have to do 15 years ago. But with this process, it's worth examining. And I'll tell you how I found out about it. The way I find out about a lot of things here at Rosie on the House is we actually had a homeowner in Tucson call me and say, Rosie, we live on the side of a hill. The house is 70 years old. About 20 years ago, we put in a very extensive remodel that included some very expensive floor covering without replacing our sewer line. And now our sewer line is completely shot, and my wife refuses to allow anyone to saw cut her floor. And that homeowner, is the one that introduced me to this technology. And they epoxy lined the entire sewer system under his house without having to touch the expensive floor covering. Is that a product, that lining or the uh, pipes, is that like common across the country or is that something unique kind of to Arizona that no, we it, use that? It is becoming in the last decade common across the country. It started, as, as far as I know, Romy, I think you did the original research on it. It started in Southern California. Yeah. And, and there's a couple different ways that, you know, the one I originally saw, the pipes still needed to be in, in a good condition, but they do have the balloons one, balloon yeah. one now I had forgotten about. Um, and then there are some companies that if you've got room and access, instead of digging up underneath, uh, and, and saw cutting through your home, they'll just trench around your property. But the house has to be laid out right because right. you have yep. to have drainage. And to bring it around the side of a house and out to the street doesn't always work. So the layout of the house, you know, if it's just right, we can trench on the outside and save a lot of cutting on the inside. But I would see, you know, in, in the perfect design, as, you know, these houses are hitting – 40, 50 years old. Well, part of the problem is they don't build houses to last that long. <laughs> you know, so with the houses that are going in today, you know, they're, they're going to get taken down to nothing and then rebuilt. But, you know, a, a forever home, you'd find a better design style or situate your plumbing near your exterior, near where your, your drain outs would be. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, you, if you have an older home, you're thinking about remodeling and you're only thinking about all the, you know, 
floor coverings and countertops, it'd be worth it to really examine your Def- plumbing system to make Def- sure you could definitely. loop that into the project. If your home's 40, 50 years old and you're contemplating a remodel, send the camera down the drain line and get an assessment of what condition it's in. Nancy, I hope that helps. And I also hope that when you call them and get the second quote, you feel free to call me back and let's talk through both proposals and I'll coach you through which one I would use at my own home. I'd like to go back to the topic of the day, neighborliness. And what do you do when you have a neighbor that doesn't want to comply with the neighborhood uh, protocol of being a good neighbor? I would tell you, you uh, and of course I'm, I'm addressing neighborhoods that don't have an HOA. If you have an HOA, of course, I think you know the rules. Just go to the HOA, file a complaint. We do get notices every once in a while of particular HOAs that are subjectively interpreting the laws or discriminating against the interpretation of the homeowner laws. I'm not going to deal with that. That's all legal. you gotta, you got to fight that one out yourself. But if you in a neighborhood without an HOA, I would tell you go to the city website first. And where you're going to want to go on the city site is to building services. And you're going to find an area in their building services department that is code compliance or code complaints. Start with the city and see if there's a way that you can get in there and address whatever code violation your neighbor may be guilty of. And then the city will, you'll you'll be able to, File the complaint anonymously. The homeowner will be notified they're in code violation and are being asked to bring it up to date. And there'll, there'll be a, a follow-through process there. Um, if, if you don't live in an incorporated area, Maricopa County and Pima County have exactly the same thing. Go find the development services page on their website. That's where you're going to get an opportunity. Many of the websites actually include an area that you can can register your complaint right there on the Internet, and they receive it through digitally. So some of those complaints would be anything from uh, maybe a stagnant pool that's drawing in a lot of uh, mosquitoes or bees or whatever, and then also barking dogs. There's a special barking phone number dogs. for barking Isn't that annoying when somebody's gone and their dog barks all the time? Um, there's like a one-stop shop where you can go in, uh, in many of them, and just address all your issues. Uh, cars that have been just left abandoned in a yard is also one of them. Weeds, uh, drainage issues. We talked about that last week, water, you know, or trees. We talked about that. So any major issue you're having, you can file a Code. Or, yeah, code violations. Yeah. Maybe they've put, maybe they've put a, an outbuilding in their backyard that violates the backyard or side yard setbacks. Um, I'm thinking of one particular building I'm watching go up right now. I actually went to the city uh, website to verify there was a building permit, and there is. No so way. Not, so it's not violating oh, anything. Shoot. But it is the tallest steel structure I've ever seen on a residential property, some kind of big steel shed that I thought was sure violating a side or a backyard setback. Well, don't you hurt for the neighbors, too? I mean, oh, it blocks the entire view to the, to oh, the mountains. Man. And they, so what, so before, let's back up from there. So, okay. So what do you do 
to keep that from happening, to get nothing, to have an influence do. on your city. Nothing. nothing? You can't no, go to, like, the council it, meetings? How about being involved well, in the well, yeah, that, all the way back to who you vote for? Well, right? Yeah, if you wanted to get, if you wanted to get that involved— uh, you'd have to, you'd actually have to initiate some kind of code modification, but uh, what they're putting up is to code. It's obscene. Uh, I'm just glad I'm not their neighbor. I'll tell you that. Sometimes codes are obscene. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so when it comes to dealing with an uncooperative neighbor, I just want you to know uh, if you're hesitant to approach them, to visit with them about it, which is probably the best starting point, but some non-compliant neighbors aren't open to being approached you do have some recourse to engage the code compliance department of your city or your county and and that's what they're there for so in straightening up the neighborhood and trying to clean up things that need to be cleaned up know that that's available to you uh, Jennifer was on a website in researching this where there was one city in particular that said a car a, a car unmoved, parked unmoved uh, for two weeks? Yeah, a car in disrepair or not able to run, you know, so like a junkyard, like somebody who's making their yard that just collects old cars and they sit yeah. there. So I don't know. I, I have seen a lot of that, so I don't know how they get around that. Maybe they just keep the rest of the yard clean, but, you know, um, maybe the neighbors don't complain. Maybe they don't. But I, I was surprised how short the window was yeah, in that me particular too. city. Me it, too. Was, it was like if it hadn't moved in two weeks, then it's a code violation. Mm -hmm. So use those resources to help you in creating a more pleasant neighborhood and community environment. I think the message to uh, psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases all over the world, do not mess with suburbanites because, uh, frankly, we're just not going to take it anymore. We're not going to be content to look after our lawns and wax our cars, paint our houses. We're out to get them, Don. We are out to get them. In a neighborly fashion, of course. <laughs> You're tuned in to Rosie on the House, and I'd like the ear of anyone that currently works in the construction industry. If you have an interest in uh, pursuing a career or developing your career or improving your career opportunities in the home remodeling side of the industry, Rosie Wright Remodeling is currently interviewing virtually every single position you could dream of. We're going through an incredible growth spurt. We need estimators. We need designers. And boy, do we need qualified superintendents. So if you're in the remodeling uh, project management or remodeling superintendent role, and you want to consider what opportunities there may be for growth at Rosie on the Right Remodeling, we'd sure like to hear from you because, boy, we've got... We've got people calling us uh, from all corners of the valley wanting us to get work done, and we simply can't handle the current demand. So we're looking at going through a, a bit of a growth spurt here in the next six months. On the same topic, our radio production company, Roth Productions, is looking for a office administrator, and that is a that's a job with no ceiling to it. 
I mean, that, that, that you could we take have, a look at all the things we do, pick what you like best, and we could develop a specialty job for you. As long as you are available full-time, that you are willing to be in an office, that you, Ooh, yeah. oh, that you, you like that. people, <laughs> and you don't mind answering the phone and being as helpful and being part of being everybody's best, Arizona homeowner's best friend, and you need some really good, solid computer skills and an ability to learn, and, um, you know, just, we're... Every week we have to produce a show, so we stay pretty busy. So and that's a position that we're looking to fill immediately. Yeah. So uh, they could reach out to us at rosieonthehouse.info at rosieonthehouse.com. at rosieonthehouse.com for either one of those. We're getting ready. Jennifer and I are getting ready to go to Orlando for the Kitchen and Bath show, which is the international kitchen and bath um, show that usually takes up about 1 million square feet, takes about three days, which I don't think is enough. I need uh, some new running shoes before we go. Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I think they should expand. Oh, I'll man. get you a Segway. How's that? We'll borrow, no, we'll no, borrow like Roxy or Tinley Segway. No, I like that? the miles. I like the miles. <laughs> I'm going every year that we go, and it's been a couple of years because they went virtual through the COVID chaos silliness. Um, I go every year with a goal in mind. Like the last one we went to in, uh, it was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I went with a design and a goal to focus just on kitchen appliances. That's all I did, specifically dishwashers. And I spent two days looking at every single dishwasher manufacturer and model, because we were actually in need of one. So I was using it for kind of selfish reasons, but I wanted to be able to recommend to all of our clients when they ask for a dishwasher, which one was I going to put them into? This year, when I go, I'm going with one purpose in mind. What's that? I'm going to ask every single booth, every single displayer, are you delivering on time? What's your record? And do you see that going forward? Because our supply chain has been absolutely demolished. It's absolutely unbelievable the excuses you hear in things that were supposed to be delivered yesterday. We're going to go back at Rosie Wright Remodeling to just palletizing every single project in the warehouse, and we won't start a job till we have everything. It's become absolutely ridiculous. Palletizing? We're, we're, we have every single thing you need palleted in the oh, warehouse. Oh, okay. All right. And wrapped. That's a Rosieism. Yeah. Then, then you just pick up that pallet with a floor jack, put it on the trailer, deliver it to the job, and everything's there. Angle stops, supply flexes, plumbing fixtures, everything, light fixtures, the whole shebang. So if you're considering a remodeling right now, please proceed very, very carefully and go to the consumer uh, awareness article we have at Rosie on the House, how to pick a contractor. Most contractors go out of, busy, out of business when they're too busy, and that's going to be happening over the next 12 months, I guarantee.